Welcome to Interviews with Innocence, a podcast about spirituality, consciousness, and exploring the wisdom our children bring into this world. I believe that our very young children are our greatest teachers. After all, they're the masters of living in the present moment, bubbling in unconditional love, enjoying the messiness of life, and curious about the universe in all its dimensions. The pure essence that young children exhibit lives within all of us. My hope is that these interviews will help us discover, embrace, and connect with the sacred core of childhood that resides within each of our hearts. I am your host, Today, Marla Hughes. I am just over the top to have James Van Prague on the show. James is arguably the most famous and successful spiritual leader and medium of our time. During his 30-year career, career, his reputation and profession have seen him work with international heads of state, religious world leaders, and many very well-known celebrities. His work has brought spiritual insights to millions, and he's appeared on many shows, including Oprah, Dr. Phil, Larry King Live, and more. He's the author of the number one New York Times best-selling books uh did i say that right <laughs> he's a best-selling book, yeah. author of, author there you of, go. of talking to heaven healing grief ghosts among us adventures of the soul and i think four more did haven't you written eight books yes yeah, it's, it's 12, 12 altogether, 12 altogether yeah, 12. and yeah. much much more yeah so james <laughs> thank you so much for coming to the program and thank you michael mayo out thank there you, who who, thank who, you, michael. who hooked us <laughs> up yeah so let's just jump right into it. Um, I know um, as a child, you experienced some spiritual things. So just tell us a little bit about that. Sure. And, and I got to change that press release. So it's actually 40 years I've been doing <laughs> okay. this for. 40 okay. years. 40. But um, thank you for that, that introduction. That was very beautiful. Um, as a child, as many we find out now, because it's much more open for people, but I um, experienced um, phenomena, I guess you'd call it. I, I'd be very aware of... Um, the orc field around people, the lights and colors around people. I would know things about people before things happened. Um, one of the things I, I think I wrote about this in one of my books, when I was a, a young child, I was, went to a Catholic school and then uh, Wednesdays were half days because it was religious instruction for the public school kids. <laughs> and I went on the way home, I went to a delicatessen to get lunch, to get a sandwich. I think it was at eight. And I walked in and I, I got my sandwich and I'm walking out the door and this man pushes open the door. I fall on the floor. He runs in and I ran out. And I found out two days later, my mother said, oh, that delicatessen was robbed. There was a robbery and that was the guy that did it. Because when I looked at this person coming in, so this dark energy, it, it was just right. really strange energy, this person. So I sent that, sensed that and felt that. So that was that. So I used to have experiences all the time as a kid. Not that I said, okay, let me see something. They would just happen. And um, once I asked, this is Saturday morning, and I, I asked about, this is in my first book, Talking to Heaven. I asked God, I don't know, I was just like seven. And I said, uh, in this, I was looking at the ceiling. I said, if there's really a God, show me yourself. It must have said it for like an hour there. While the other kids were watching cartoons Saturday morning, I was in my bed saying, God, show yourself. And I suddenly became aware of like a hand coming out of the ceiling, like a glowing hand. And it filled me up or surrounded me with this energy of love and understanding. And I remember the first thought I had, oh, yeah, that's right. It's kind of, kind of yes. I knew this. So that was one of the beginnings. You know, many, that's one of the very strong ones that happened a lot of things that happened yeah. as a kid but that was one and of i thought ones. i heard you talk about in your interview that your mom was really validating and said it yes. was angels yes. take watching over you yes 
Yeah, I said, Mommy, we're saying prayers at night because, again, you're very Catholic. And at night, we'd say prayers and kneel on the floor next to the bed and say prayers. And one night, I, I saw at the end of the bed all these beings of light. That's why I could describe it. And I said, Mommy, who are those people over there? And she said, Oh, those? Those are God's angels. They'll always take care of you. Nothing to worry about. And um, she was also very psychic as a young as a person. In those days, they didn't talk about it, but she was very much that way. And it runs in the family. So her father was also very psychic, intuitive. It, it is definitely a hereditary right. uh, connection wow. there. So yeah. when did you actually realize that you had this ability and that you were going to go on and do mediumship? Well, I, I never planned on it. And um, I moved to Los Angeles. Um, I'm originally from New York. And I originally, and I went to, um, to make a long story short, um, I was at San Francisco yeah. State University finishing up my degree in broadcasting. And the reason I did broadcasting was because I wanted to be a sitcom writer because I'm funny. And I thought <laughs> I'll use that because I had a thing about sitcoms. So um, I was working there uh, in the school at the university. We had a broadcasting conference every year. And I was in charge, uh, it was my senior year, and I was in charge for bringing these producers from Los Angeles. They came up, they were, it was their alma mater. So they came up and, and uh, did a conference. And I also tried to driving them from the hotel to the campus and so forth. And uh, the one of the times um, I was driving this man named Tony Yurkovich, who was a producer for Hill Street Blues at the time on NBC. And I just happened to say, do you ever need like a production assistant? I'm graduating in June. He goes, oh, sure. Come, come on down to LA by July 7th. And you can give me an M, you know, Mary Tyler Moore Productions and come and be oh do Hill Street Blues, be a PA. I'm like, wow, my break is happening. This is like uh, unbelievable, this break. So I literally went back to New York. I packed up all my things with like $3,000. I got a used car. I know anything about a stick shift. Stick shift. And July 6th, no, July, I'm sorry, beginning of July, my mother had a stroke. She had a major stroke and uh, aphasia. She couldn't speak. She couldn't um, move, really. Um, and she was at the hospital in New York. And I went to her. And I had a, the next day I had to go to my drive across country because we take five days in order to meet my right. be there and I, I really asked her I said is in, in my thoughts would it be okay and I knew there was a thought of you go follow your dream go follow. so I, it was a hard one but I, I left I, and I knew she would want me to follow it so I, five days driving in the road and cross country and I came to, I came to uh, Los Angeles and um, I looked up this person, left a message for this producer and called up the MTM people. And they said, oh, we're sorry. We don't hire anybody like that. We just don't do it off the street. And he would not, wasn't around to be found. And I was in Los Angeles, not knowing a soul, oh not knowing anything gosh. about LA. And I, I'm literally down that street, I think it's Beachwood Street, and look at the Hollywood sign. And I'm like, is this a joke? Is this a joke? And so I had no sense of all about spirituality. I just, but I knew that I had to do something I knew I'd be very right. well known. And I always thought it was going to be through sitcoms. Or I, I just thought that would be it. So to, again, to make a long story short, a lot of temporary jobs, a lot of different temporary jobs at hospitals, advertising agencies, law firms. And I ended up at William Morris Agency, which is a talent agency in Beverly Hills. And I was literally invited, uh, took the job of pulling out staples out of contracts, preparing them for microfiche. I don't think we have microfiche anymore, but eight hours a day in the basement, no, not even the mailroom, below oh. the mailroom. And it was all these contracts like Groucho Marx and Lucille Ball and George, uh, George, um, uh, Bur Bur um, George Burns. And, and I was fascinated with these you know, autographs. For, and being a Virgo, I like to have things right, perfect right. shape there. 
and, and I was working with other people down there, other guys, and, and we're like, make, I always make the best of that. And I thought, well, maybe we have to be here for, um, I have to be here because I meet an agent who will get my sitcoms going. So that could be interesting. So uh, my supervisor named Carol Schumacher came down and she said to me, hey, do you want to go see a medium? And I said, what's a medium? So it's someone who talks to dead people. And I said, yeah, you know, I really don't believe in that. I really don't. That's not something I really go after. I was raised Catholic. I don't know if I believe in that either, but yeah, I don't want to see a medium. And she was kind of not begging, but said, well, it'd be interesting. I said, okay, to please her, I did. We went to this man's uh, apartment in Manhattan Beach, Brian Hurst. And um, uh, and the first thing he said, we looked at me, he said, you're a medium. I said, honey, because you're a medium. And I just moved from New York and I heard that, you know, California's land of fruit and nuts. And I thought, oh, great. I just met it. Here it is right here. And, and he went on to do these messages from the spirit world, which things I didn't know about, that an uncle, great uncle named James and all these details about um, my mother's illness and so forth. And he, and he said to me at the time, you know, you're going to be doing this work. I said, what? He goes, you're a medium and the spirit world is telling me in two years time, you will be doing the work um, to change the consciousness of the planet. Oh my gosh, said, what? This guy's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to be a sitcom writer. I don't want to change the consciousness <laughs> of the planet. And I thought this guy's nuts. So, but he did go on about um, the aura. He went on about things that really interested me. Like, well, how does he know this about my family members? How did he get this information? So I went to a place called the Bodhi Tree Bookstore, which was a really big. Yes, remember, yes, I Bodhi sure Tree have. In, in Los Angeles, I spent many a weekend there going through the books and just, as you remember, you could just sit down yes. and start reading. So that was my my training. I read everything from UFOs to auric fields to psychic phenomena, life after death, because I didn't know anything. But I thought, this guy did something. I want to find out how this guy did that. So what happened was I, I was still going through temporary jobs, temporary jobs. And eventually I was at uh, Paramount Studios as a contract coordinator because I came up from the basement William Morris, the contract department, and then Paramount. And um, I was working one day in my cubicle. It was after lunch, about one o'clock. And my coworker came in her cubicle. And I looked over and there was a dead lady standing behind her. There was a spirit of a woman. And she, the lady looked at me, the woman, the spirit woman looked right at me. And she started speaking to me telepathically. She said, you must tell her I'm okay. I'm in heaven. I'm, uh, remember the house in Idaho with the um, yellow house with the white shutters and tell her about the footstool. And I'm like, ah, ah, ah. So I asked this girl, a coworker, this sounds very nutty, but I knew she was to astrology, so I didn't make yeah. it to be open. And I said, there's a lady, I told her all the information. She goes, oh, that's my grandmama. You know, when she was dying, I used to visit her every summer in her house in Idaho, yellow house, white shutters. And we made a pact that when she passed to heaven, she'll let me come back, she'll come back and let me know she's okay. <laughs> and we used to do, um, the last thing we did was she taught me how to do needlepoint and we made a footstool cover together. So I was like, wow. And I was freaked out. And I just, I ran out of Paramount, never to go back again, ran out, went to my apartment and I was pacing back and forth. I thought, well, you know, I, I can see dead people. It's like yeah. before that movie. And I was like, oh, no, I can't, I'm, I'm, no one's going to accept this. And it was a time where there was nothing about mediumship out there. And it was like, well, what am I going to do? And I just didn't know who to call, what, because people think I'm crazy. So I remember that medium, Brian Hurst, and I called him up and I said, Brian, I have a problem. And he said, what's the matter, James? And I told him, he said, well, James, don't you remember the prediction of the spirit world? In two years time, you're going to be changed, helping to change the consciousness. I said, yeah, yeah. He said, James, that was two years ago today. Oh my gosh. Wow. That was the beginning. So Brian took me under his wing and helped me learn about the development and helped me um, sensitivity and helped me sit in a development circle. And it eventually came to a point where it felt I knew this stuff and, and it came out where I was able to 
I don't know, perceive and receive guidance from the guides and learn about that. And, you know, I'm very down to earth. I'm very yes. black and white, very, you know, double earth sign. So eventually got to a point where um, they said to me, um, we, if you work with, the spirit world said, if you work with us, we will always take care of you. You will never be in need. And I had this choice to make, as we all have choices every single day. And this was a big choice. The choice is, do I stay in this Paramount Studios, making a lot of money, a management job, having benefits and insurance, and everything's taken care of? Or do I go in the spiritual path, which I don't know what the heck it's all about, where I'm going to receive money for my rent and my food? And I knew that the energy of that spiritual work was so intense that the, the loving energy, that, that love goes on, there's no end, and that your loved ones come back. And I could see a change in people. But there's no better way to live on this earth than sharing yes. that love. So I said, I'm in. And since then, I started doing readings for people, and it was all word of mouth. I was always busy. And I could say to this day, even more, more so this day, I have so much grateful gratitude. The spirit world has always been there. And when you do the right thing, when you do the work of the spirit, or you do things that help humankind to a higher level, you'll always be supported in your work. All of us will, as you are, all of us yeah. are, if we do the right thing. And, and that really has supported me. And today, well, in a couple of weeks, I'm turning 62. And it, I'm not a tattoo person. I'm just not that way. But the other, last week, I thought, you know what? I'm going to get a tattoo. And what I'm getting is a tattoo in honor of the spirit world for helping support me. And it's kind of like a thank uh -huh. you. I know it sounds strange, but it's just uh, uh, to honor them and to thank them for helping me and for, through me helping millions of people around the world to get back on their spiritual journey, if you will, and really to help change the conscious, which they did. I mean, I was just the vessel. So, yeah, you look back and you see it really has changed the way people look Absolutely. at life after death and mediumship. On their own soul self. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's my story, wow. Marla. <laughs> well, you are a, definitely a light being, and and Thank the work you. you do is it's just amazing. So when you do do a reading, how do you see or hear or feel spirit? How does it work for you? Well, well, it's very interesting because every medium is different. So because every person is mm -hmm. different, every background, life experiences are different. So when I've worked with many mediums and we read, if you will, or connect very differently in sometimes. And um, and there are some mediums that use symbols. There are some mediums that use us go in psychically and work mediumistically. For me, and I was trained by Brian this way, and it's really helped me. Um, what I do is... Um, the soul is the mind, the mind is the yes. soul. And there are more of who we are as a soul outside the physical body than inside. So I always say 80% of us out here, 20% uh, in here. Not the right percentage, right, right. but it's just analogy. So what I do is I become aware of my, my higher self, my soul self in the space above me. And I will really send out, I, now I'm just 40 years, so I'm very open as far as learning how to open yourself up. And what I do really, I would say, Marla, is I open up my mind and I surrender that space. And I surrender that space and I ask whoever needs to come in, to come into my space and to let themselves blend with me. And I kind of step aside, the ego kind of steps aside and they come through me and I receive impressions. Now, just because someone has passed over to the spirit world does not mean they know how to communicate. Right. That just like on the earth, they might've been good in communication here, they won't change over there. And there are some spirits that are very, very good as far as visual things. So they, they send me these thoughts visually uh, as far as clairvoyance. They'll show me, show me memories I guess you could say it that way, be more accurate. And they also get what's called clairsentience, which is feelings. So when you have a vision with a feeling, 
it's a great communication. Yeah. And I am really, and you will bring through personalities of them. You will bring through um, regrets. You will bring through um, all sorts of things. And this is something interesting, Marla. I was doing this work for a long time. And then I met a lady in England named Mavis Batilla, who's really well known among the mediums. And uh, she's been around a long time with this. And she said something which in a demonstration we did together, which I've never known. And she said, to the audience, you know, you're lovely people, but I want to tell you, I don't work for you. I work for them. <laughs> I love it. And that perspective, perspective is really different because um, the perception of that, because it's really, it's true. Because when we first pass over and to the other side, we look back at the life we've just lived here. And many times there are regrets. Many times there's situations we should have shown more love instead of fear. We might have implemented more forgiveness and compassion. So there's a sense of, oh, I wish I could have done this again, or I wish I told my daughter I loved her more, whatever it might be. And that's when, if you will, the guides uh, tell those, those souls, there's a way you can get through and, and connect that again. What is that? You can see what's called a medium. What's a medium? Well, a medium is someone who can raise their frequency yes. to a level that you could telepathically send thoughts and feelings, and they'll be able to receive it and give it to your loved one. And that is really what it's about. It's really opening yourself up to heal the other side and to heal this side. Yeah. And it really works that way. And, and it's really very true when you're like working with an audience in a demonstration. You might be do five, 10 readings, as you've seen when they work. Mm -hmm. But, and, and just, be, it might be six, 700 people in the audience, 1,000 people in the audience. One, one message is for everybody because the universal uh, connection, the language, we all can relate to. And I find that the guides are the ones who really choose who is to come through and what's the quality of the message. And they're the ones. So I'm just the, really the, the instrument, yes. the vessel. Yes. Wow. That's how I receive. That, that <laughs> is beautiful. So, so why do you think we are on this, in this earthly realm? Well, I really believe that we are souls having a human experience. And I, I believe that this earth is a school. It's a schoolroom for the souls. And there are many, many millions, if you will, of schools all around the universe says, right? And, and this earth school is one where you are, it is composed of souls who are baby souls, who are starting a nursery school, who think maybe that power, money, greed, whatever, that's the way to be really who you are, and that's to get in control. And then there are these postgraduate souls who believe that um, compassion and healing and love is the way it should be. And then the middle grade souls who are still a little bit of this, the younger and a little bit older, they're pushed together. Now, when you have those scenarios, just those three scenarios, probably more, it forces us to have these different situations occur. And, and these situations, it forces our souls to look at the situation and learn from it or understand it, have more understanding of another person, of another situation. So we're always learning. We're always here learning. And we have what's called free will here, where we can look at a situation and choose how we want to react to that situation, how we want to behave. And are we behaving in an egocentric way or a spiritual way? Right. And that, that's, that's something we're able to learn here. So it's all about learning. It's learning lessons. Yeah. And some of those lessons are very difficult ones, like losing a child, I think is probably the most difficult lesson in the school earth. But there are many lessons here. Learn about forgiveness, about compassion, loving yourself, um, really. And it's learning to be with yourself and not living a life that someone else has programmed you to live, like parents or teachers but living who you are mm -hmm. and, what, and I always say what other people think of you is none of your business because it isn't your business right. you are who you are and that you're not anyone else yeah so I think that the school affords us that absolutely 
and what um, in terms of the remembering or let's say not remembering why why do you think talking about reincarnation why do we think we come to this earthly realm not not remembering that's an easy one <laughs> good <laughs> these questions are easy um, so many i mean so many years of doing this yeah, so yeah. from my experience it's all based on my experiences and of course my response has changed too with my learning because i learn every day too new insights and perspectives of things and from my understanding as a soul that we come back on this earth that our souls have had many many life experiences mm -hmm. many many lifetimes we could say it now i'm gonna put this in in, in a proper order here because we're living in this human world so we think it's kind of a human level it's a three-dimensional you know we're kind of in a box here but truly there are many many dimensions um but i believe that we can just put it, make it easy and say we've had many many lifetimes here on this earth and other places but let's just talk about the earth so many of us had this wonderful well many lifetimes and we've learned all different things we've made you know shakespeare said the world is a stage and we're merely players upon it that's really, really true. So there might be some lifetimes we've lived, and eh, maybe we killed some people. Maybe we were, um, uh, didn't behave correctly. Maybe we did some not nice things. Like for instance, I know, because I did a past life regression once, a couple of times, and I know that I was a general in many wars. And when I had this regression, I was standing there, and I saw that my, my mustache at the time, blue eyes, and I was standing there, and what changed was, I knew I was a general and all these wars. And I was looking at this, the only thing that changed were the uniforms. And I was always responsible as a general to tell my men when to go in and kill people. And it must have oh, millions of people. Wow. So I came back in this lifetime to heal millions of people about death. Yes. To balance it out. Mm -hmm. So I, I think we've got to be mindful that when we come back in this vibration as a soul, we come back here with a clean slate to learn and to really go into ourselves when we have a choice to make. We have to go into that intuition and feel our soul's language. Because if you came back here and you were totally aware of all the things you did in a past life, you might be so obsessed with how you treated people, the bad things that you did, that you may be so obsessed with that, that you won't be able to live your current life yeah. and go through the classes currently. Yeah. So it's really a grace from God that doesn't let us remember that yeah. because we wouldn't do the work we came back here for. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, it totally makes yeah. sense. So I know you've talked some about or a lot about um, when a person crosses over and before they do um, seeing loved ones coming to mm -hmm. bring them to, to make the journey and yeah. also about the live review. Can you just talk about that? Sure, a bit? sure, 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 sure. So um, I've been around many uh, situations with people passing right there. And I've been, um, uh, I mean, my, my father is a great example. Um, he was uh, uh, in the hospital, he, had a, uh, he was in a coma. And um, it came to a point where um, we thought he was going to get out, but he, he, the moon went to the other lung. So the doctor said, you all got to come out. He's going to be going tonight. So my siblings were around me and um, my father was in a coma, but I could speak to him because in a coma state, the soul is up and around the body a lot. Right. It's like Alzheimer's dementia. So um, we said, we all said our goodbyes to him and, and he wouldn't go. So I said, dad, why don't you go? It's um, you know, mommy's in the room. And I was aware of all the spirits that were in that room. So no one ever passes alone. They prepare for us to come home. There's a party, there's a reception. They're really excited for us to come back because this is not our home, this is our school. Yeah. So, you know, the soul has to, it's a natural sense of leaving, coming back. There's no pain in death. There's no pain at all. 
It's easy. We do it every night. We go to sleep. Our soul leaves our body, not consciously, but we'll leave into the body and go to the spiritual realms. And the morning we, we come back in. And it's very true that when we go to sleep, sometimes and we feel like we fall off a, uh, a mountain and we come back it's because we're not leaving the correct axis of the body, of the, the connection of this crown chakra. So we come back in. Just a side note. So my father, I, I said, Dad, why won't you go? And he said, um, I don't want you kids fighting about the house. <laughs> It was just pride and joy. So I said, he doesn't want us fighting at the house. And my, my, my brother says, we better change our phone numbers then. So I, we all agreed we would not do that. And I said, dad, we will not do that. And I'm telling him telepathically. And next thing you know, goes, he goes. And within uh -huh. 10 minutes, he comes to me. He said, you're right. You're right. You got this right. You were right. He never believed in what I did. Didn't believe in it at all. He said, you're right. I see your mother. I'm in a brown suit. I see the sister I didn't know I didn't have, which we found out later he had a sister he wouldn't know about. And so it was all he goes, oh, my God, I feel fantastic. So it's a sense, really, that you're out of the body. There's no pain in it. And it feels very natural. It's a natural experience. We've done it millions of times before. Yes. And, and there's a wonderful man, uh, physical medium. He, he's passed over now, but he was a greatest, greatest, I'd say, last physical medium. Where, and I sat with him three, four, three to four times. And there's what's called ectoplasm. Yes. And ectoplasm, you heard of that substance yes. that comes out of the, the orifices, the nose, the ears, mm -hmm. mouth of the medium. And he can form artificial larynx in the air. And people can go online and see Leslie Flint. And he's brought through Queen Victoria. He's with Rudolph Valentino. He's brought all these Oscar Wilde. Amazing. And um, this is amazing because once he had brought to this lady um, and she was a, a Scottish lady and she's, and they said, how was your death condition? Because there was a research team that was sending it, um, Betty Green and Bob Woods. And um, they recorded all this so you can see it online. And she said, oh, I don't know how I found myself. She said, I was sitting down in my chair. Next thing I knew, I'm in what's, I guess you'd say like a hospital. I just, I felt all right. I didn't understand it. And I looked over this girl in the next bed and she looked at me. And the girl goes, what'd you come over with? And I just didn't know what she's talking about. And the little girl said, I died of diphtheria. And she goes, but you look fine. And she goes, well, so do you. And then she said, and then next thing I knew, my sister Kate came and looked at me. I hadn't seen my sister Kate in years. She passed over, but she looked fantastic. And she said, hello, Mary, how are you? And she goes, I, I'm fine. I, I, am I dead? She goes, oh yeah, you're dead. I'm dead, so you must be dead. And, and she goes, I don't understand this. And she goes, oh, why am I wearing this beautiful dress I love? And, and Kate said, oh, I made it for you with my thoughts I created it for you so you'd feel comfortable when you got here. So they tend to create, if you will, an environment, a space that we'll feel more comfortable. And when we pass into those realms, which are really spirit realm is not above us or below us. It's right around us. Yes. It's just the energy is moving at a faster frequency. So it's really your thoughts are realized. You come to a space where your thoughts are seen. And this is a very physical vibration, physical world. We go into what we'd say the mental world, if you will. So all of our thoughts are realized. So the spirit people, all of your loved ones create a, an environment based on their thoughts. Many times you'll go to a mother's house and it'll look exactly as it did mm -hmm. from the earth because your memory, they trigger your memory to create that environment. It again depends on your mindset. If you're very open-minded, you have some sense of spirituality or religion, if you will, the, the life goes on. 
you'll be fine. It's the ones that really don't know that it's over and everything, that they're really shocked when they find there's no end, there's no death. Mm -hmm. So what happens is after adjusted to that new vibration, that new uh, atmosphere, then they will often say, um, people say, you know, go, why don't you take a sleep, a rest, and a nap? And what happens is when they do that, we all do it. Um, there'll be a life review, which is you've come back here to learn lessons. Your soul's come back to learn lessons. So in a life review, you go through the various lessons and tests that your soul had to go through. And you learned if you passed that test or you did not pass that test. And one of the most striking things in, in a past life review, which to me, if everybody person, every person on the earth could get this concept, the world would be a very different place. Absolutely. I always you know? say that, yes. Oh, because it, you know, in life review, for those who don't know, it's when, let's say you go to a, a shop and you're not in a good mood and you yell at the shopkeeper and the shopkeeper gets upset and yells at a coworker and the coworker gets upset and goes home and yells at a family member and so forth and so on. What happens when you have that life review, you become the shopkeeper. You feel and yes. realize everything that energy is thrown at you. And you'll feel it 10 times, 20 times, 30 times stronger than you did when you first got it. And then you're like, oh my God, I created that to happen and that to happen because your thoughts, your actions create all that rippling effect for all those yes. people. And you begin to see the influence you had with that one thought, that one word. And so many of us will say, oh, I wish I didn't do that. I wish I didn't do that. Why could I have done that? You know, you are what you think. You are what you create. Yeah. So that's that's really what the life review is about. So if everybody had that sense that they're responsible for their thoughts, words, and deeds as a gold, golden rule, that they are responsible for their thoughts and energy sending to that person and sending to the world, it would be a really different world if everybody was responsible. It's really what it's about. And it's so true with what you just said. And as you know, and my listeners know, my passion is about, about children and how different it would be that to, to teach children in, I guess it could even be done in a bit of a, whatever someone's religion is, but that we still can sit just because someone passes, they're not, you know, they're not gone, they're not lost, teaching them about what you talk about, signs, the energy, and do to teach them about the life review. You know, I, I mean, really a dream of mine is to get to a point where there are books about the near-death experience for children to read. Listen, sure, they, they've been, when we were little, we were taught all this crazy stuff, you know, and that is not. So how do you think the world would be different if our kids started out kind of like little James did, but, but you are, and you always knew you lived more in love, not fear of someone. Someone. I, I think I came in. I did come in with a sense of myself. I said that yesterday, the day before. Some people. I, I, I definitely came with a sense of self. No doubt about right. it. I mean, I, I really, really did. And I was, I was bullied when I was a little kid. I was bullied by my brother. I was bullied by friends. I was bullied, mm -hmm. and, and I was bullied in a seminary. And 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 years later, I'm like, why am I bullied like that? And um, I went to a healer friend, Michael Tamora. And um, he'd be reading for me and he didn't know who I was or anything. He said, you know, I'm going to tell you why you came back in short stature because I'm like 5'4". He said, the reason you came back in a short stature was because of so much energy and that if you came back tall, you would have intimidated people and they wouldn't have heard you. That made sense to me. Yeah. So I think, I, I really think, Marla, children are very open. Children have just come from the spiritual dimension. So their mindset is very much of yes. the spiritual world. 
So kids are very open. They'll tell you honestly what they see and feel. And I think that's where, and I think it has changed. I really do. I think kids need to be encouraged as far as what they think, what they feel, and we have to encourage them. And I think it's it's changed. I do think it's changed. I think it's continuing to change because of people like yourself and getting programs out there and people being more aware and more mm-hmm. awake. So I think that they're uh, they're really respecting their children who are very wise souls. And the biggest mistake I believe what happened with children in our age and, and before was what happens to children are looking just for love. They live in a sense of love and they look to the adults to give them the answers. And it's unfortunate because generation to generation to generation, there's programming, programming. And probably around the age of five, six, seven, there comes a point where the adult wants certain things to be the right way and the wrong way. And they're kind of programming the kid, you gotta do this, you gotta, don't do that, that's wrong, that's, and then we go to school and the teachers, you've got to do this to be approved. You got to do this, you got, you got to do your homework. And um, you, got to, you have to get an A in class. It's all this stuff, which is so different for this, this soul, this children's soul. So we become programmed yes. around the age of seven, eight. And we become programmed in that we have to please people. So we can receive love and acceptance if we do what they want. So we really become people pleasers. And and I'd say that generations that I think now is just starting to shift a bit now because of the new souls coming in. But I'd say around the age 30, 40, there's, the soul awakens in a sense of why is my life not happy? Why do I not feel, feel fulfilled? And because I've, I've been with, with a lot of people, I've worked with this with them, and they look back at their lives like, oh, wow, I'm living somebody else's life, not my life. Right. And I say, yeah, you can't give your power away anymore. You, can, you don't have to look to anyone else to love you. No one can love you more than you love yourself. So you have to honor that. And again, what other people think of you is none of your business. And then when they come into that power, they start being self-realized. And that's what it's about. So, you know, it's, it's really changing that paradigm, making a paradigm shift of not programming them. Love them for who they are, guiding them, guiding them, of course. Right. And, and, and what's right, what's acceptable, what's not. But it's maybe saying it a different way, um, working with them instead of at them, being with them. Um, I think that'd be much, much better. Uh, uh, my friend Goldie Hawn, we all know Goldie Hawn. Mm-hmm. Um, she's an incredible being, Scorpio, like you are. <laughs> and many years ago, she said to me, I'm going to begin a program in schools. And she did. And it's a mindfulness program. Oh, and she first started that. out. Yes, so she first started out in the United States. Uh, it was small cities and, and then with the larger United States and then went around the world. So now it's in many, many countries and there's um, a discipline of mindfulness in schools and that the kids really do a class on mindfulness or meditation, whatever you want to call that. Right. And it's really made a difference in the stress levels and the um, kids acting out, ADHD. So it's really made a big difference. So if we can in, instill that in children at these young ages, it'll be better. And they, they know this stuff anyway. They're, yes, they're exactly. closer to spiritual life than we are. Yes. We've just forgotten. Yes. And also one thing, Marlon, a point I want to make too, is that when I work with people, and, and I can say from my own experience, and Michael's, you know, Michael's, Michael, it, it's when there's joy. When you find that little child within and that love, lovely child within is, is, is brought up and brought out, that's that's heaven that's who we are um we cannot forget the little child within because that child has to express itself so i have a swing set in my backyard and i go swinging every day and, <laughs> I, and I joke and i laugh because life is too short yeah. and we got to live every moment in that joy and that the child 
the innocence of the child's got to come out. And that's why Michael Mayo, myself, we have that little child yes. innocence and that joy, which we share. Not everybody can get in that space. I think they could, but they got rid of a lot of their old stuff, yeah, if you will. A lot of healing needs to take place. Yeah. Well, James, thank you so much for coming on. This has been such a... I spoke a lot, sorry. Oh, no, absolutely. And um, would you like to um, say anything else that I didn't ask? Sure. Well, I just want to mention that a lot of people wonder what what they can do, how to get more in tune. And I have an online school I started about five years, six years ago. And it's my legacy. And I have 41 different courses there. One-day courses, um, a week course, a six-month course on mediumship, on healing, on empowerment work 28-day transformation course so it's called the jvp school of mystical arts and that's a great place for a lot of people that are searching looking finding uh finding mind like-minded souls we have a whole community of people so that might be great for a lot of you listening absolutely that's i i've actually done a couple of your of your courses and i and i loved them so other than that how could people find you i know it's not too hard but how can people find you oh sure my website is vanprog.com which is v V-A-N-P-R-A-A-G-H, vampragh.com. And I do events. And now, of course, I'm doing a lot of online events. I'm doing, um, this is interesting. I did a Facebook Live from the beginning of COVID because I wanted to help people be positive instead of negative because right. a lot of news was negative. So I did that every day for an hour. And now it's once every Monday. And out of that, someone said, you should do a night of psychic readings. I'm like, I didn't think of that. So now I'm doing a night of psychic readings and a night of mediumship readings. So tomorrow night, Friday is going to be psychic readings and the following week will be mediumship readings. And I go for two to three hours and I just do it, you know, as I come through, I just wow, do it. Wow, that is- So people can find me there. Yeah, so that's all on your website. On my website, Okay, yes. great. Okay, James, well, thank you Thanks, so Marla. much. And I hope you'll come back. I feel like we still have a lot, a lot to talk about. <laughs> Yes, I have a big mouth. Love to talk about. <laughs> no, you are great. Thank <laughs> Thanks, you. Thanks, Marla. Have a great Appreciate day. it. You too. Okay, so bye. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you want to learn more about the show, you can find us at interviewswithinnocence.com and on Facebook or Instagram at interviewswithinnocence. Please write me a message. Tell me what you liked and let me know what else you would like to hear. I would love to hear from you. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. It helps other listeners find the show. Thank you.